0: Hello and welcome to the AIPT Comics Podcast, episode 141. My name is David Brooke and I'm here after a week-long break. Nathan and I are well-rested, ready to go.
1: I don't know about well-rested, but I am ready to go. <laughs> in, in a little peek behind the curtain, Oh, we recorded our last regular episode and our mm. comic book couples counseling crossover special uh, on the same day. So Dave and I haven't talked comics with each other, well, outside of text. Well, okay, we talk comics all the time. Dave and I haven't been on a microphone (laughs) together in, what, three weeks, two weeks? It's been so long, I didn't know what
0: your voice sounded like.
1: Yeah, (laughs) sorry, I had a lot of coffee just right before this.
0: No, it's totally fine. And I'm very excited. This is—I am so happy to be here right now. We have missed the mic, although the mic for this show. I know you continue with your other podcast.
1: Yeah, well. are we doing plugs up top? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do the plugs. So I've got the Silver Linings playlist, uh, where we discuss downer movies with downer endings, and all through October we will be the Spooky Linings playlist. So we're covering Woo. scary movies. Uh, we've done an episode on. Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor. Uh, We've got an episode coming up on Halloween 2018. Uh, A lot of fun stuff. And Oh, That's a Scary Movie is a podcast I do with my friend Ashley from the Southern Haunts podcast, where we mm-hmm. uh, talk about scary movies and try to find our favorite outfits and <laughs> recommend <laughs> double features. It's a fun time. Uh, we've got an episode dropping tomorrow on the original Halloween. I've got a really Halloween-y mm. month going on. Well,
0: speaking of Halloween, APT is running its annual 31 Days of Halloween, where there will be a Halloween-related article, at least one, if not two, every single day. Yeah. Uh, in October. On Saturday, we had a Chucky review.
1: Yes. On Sunday,
0: today, we have the Boulay Brothers and Steve Orlando join us later in this show to talk about their heavy metal takeover that issues out October twenty seventh with issue number three eleven. That
1: interview was legitimately like I try not to fanboy too much on this <laughs> show, but I sure was, sure was I I smiled so much the whole time that my face hurt by the time we got off the call. That was a blast. It was fun, absolutely.
0: I think they had fun too, and yeah. um it was. It's really cool to hear like. If you don't know, the belay Brothers are—they uh, do a show on Netflix now called Dracula. Well, it's, and it's coming to
1: Shudder for the next season. Oh, that's
0: right, that's right. It's Shudder for what season are they on? Four. Season
1: four. Yeah, they've done three seasons: one season on YouTube, two seasons on Netflix, mm. uh, a special on Shudder, and they're coming back for a full season four um, on October nineteenth.
0: And they talk a little bit about that show, but also their comic book roots, Mm -hmm. and also, of course, all the anthology stories that are going to be in the Heavy Metal magazine later this month. Mm -hmm. So hang in for that. If you don't know about the comic book podcast, this is the uh, recap show of the week, where we talk about the latest and biggest news. We review the best comics of the week. We have special segments, and of course, interviews as well. Yeah. To start every show, though, we talk about the news. And to start, uh, I don't know if this is the biggest news, but... (laughs) DC Comics is launching an inaugural NFT collection October 5th. Great. Uh <laughs> along with the news that I didn't mean that. I don't mean it. It's not great. If you yeah, if you signed up for DC Fandom, mm-hmm. which is on October 16th, you get a free NFT and There will be ways to get even more nfts if you share on social media if you know about the show and if you've listened to us for the last year you know that we're not very happy about nfts due to their um, environmental impact
1: yeah and you know both dc and marvel have said that they are approaching these in a more environmentally sustainable way but it's Mm -hmm. it's it's such a new thing that it's hard to i mean i don't
0: i don't know they don't really go into detail about how it's more energy efficient and they just throw out numbers like they're working with this company called Palm NFT mm-hmm. Studio and they, they claim and I'm using the word claim on purpose mm-hmm. here 99.99% reduction in energy usage with uh, proof of work systems it's called Yeah. whether or not that's true the fact of the matter is, they're giving away NFTs to potentially a lot of people who don't even know what an NFT is. Right, people who are uh, people who are attending Fandom, right,
1: are getting yeah. NFTs whether mm-hmm. they like it or not.
0: Right, <laughs> whether they like it or not, they're being forced to take one. Uh, this is all spearheaded by Jim Lee, who is, of course, the Chief Creative Officer at DC Comics. It's yet another move by DC. I know a couple of weeks ago we talked about you know their collaboration with Webtoon. Yeah. They're clearly trying to expand in non-traditional comic book ways, and this is one of them. I don't know why I'd want to own a digital cover (laughs) NFT thing. Yeah. Is it really that collectible? I don't know. It seems like a a fledgling um, start to something that could blow up, but may not. Yep. I I guess we'll have to see how this plays out. DC also revealed that Wonder Woman will be inducted into the Comic-Con Character Hall of Fame. I confess I... Don't think I knew that this was a thing,
1: like the the character Hall of yeah. Fame. I, I strangely,
0: I'm very ignorant about this. <laughs> so it's super new. So okay. that explains it. I think actually, the last SDCC I covered was the very first okay. character Hall of Fame, which was uh, given to Batman. Mm. Um, this is only about three years ago now. So uh, what's funny though is so now we've they only do one a year. Okay, so we got the Trinity in there now, right? <laughs> well, no. Who do you think is the second Spider-Man? No, but it is it does have man
1: in it. Uh okay, Nightman. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, Pac-Man. Wait, what? Hang on. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Famous comic book character Pac-Man. So, yeah, it goes Batman, Pac-Man and that Wonder Woman. I'm glad are they you got sure a it's woman.
1: not a and you just think it's Pac-Man. <laughs> <laughs> they are kind of similar aren't Yeah. They?
0: I, I'm a little surprised they didn't go with Spider-Man yet, right? But, or even Superman, right? Right. Or Ambush Bug. Or Ambush Bug, yeah. <laughs> or Booster Gold. Um, yeah, so DC revealed that she'll be inducted, there'll be a virtual ceremony October 21st. This is really cool. I mean, all all joking aside, this is really cool. I'm I just I didn't know this was a thing. What's wild to me is like this is, of course, run by SDCC. Mm-hmm. They have the the museum side of things, where this is. Uh, when they did the Batman one, they invited press to this like unveiling, and they had like all the Batman movie costumes. Mm-hmm. They had art up and stuff. It was pretty cool. Uh, obviously, they can't really go big like that this year because of the pandemic. Right. But if they're only doing one character a mm-hmm. year, we're going to be long dead, <laughs> and there won't be characters we love right. in the in the museum. Yep, <laughs> or Hall of Fame, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, by the time they get to,
1: like, you know, the question, <laughs> I'll yeah. have been gone for 40 years. I do love, like, we're, you know, these antholo- there's a bunch of anthologies coming out. Nubia and the Amazons yeah. is finally launching, which I, oh, man, I'm so excited for that.
0: Yeah, that looks
1: cool. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of re- uh, new like fashion lines, and look, I mean, catch me in the streets with a lasso, like it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, they have like a lasso jumper. I love which is it cool. so much. I really do. Yeah. Like the 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 clothing that's coming out of this is
0: exclusively dope. They're doing like global events as yeah. well. Like there's stuff going on in France. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, there's a statue going up in Burbank, California, which is the same location that Batman got his statue. Oh, so they <laughs> like... maybe they'll come to life and fight. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be in the exact same, like, it's like a strip mall type area hmm. where Batman was, but it's like a fucking nine foot tall bronze uh, statue based off Jim Lee. Whoa. The Batman one is based off Jim Lee's um, art, but the Wonder Woman's based off Jenny Frizzon's Oh, Great. Uh, who do you think yeah. wins in a fight? The, uh, the Batman statue or the Rocky statue? <laughs> oh, shit. That's tough. <laughs> I feel like Rocky might have a bit more speed because he doesn't have all the heavy uh, leather. Yeah, yeah. Whatever okay. You, whatever he's Rocky wearing. Rocky versus Wildcat. Who you got? <laughs> Wildcat. Uh, every time. It's been three weeks and now I'm asking the real questions. <laughs> we we this is the hard hitting yeah. AIPT comics podcast interview uh show. Also in DC Comics News, Constantine and the Robins are getting yes. their own YA books from DC. I saw you tweeting about it.
1: Oh man, I, I love the 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 Constantine Distorted Illusions by Kami Garcia and Isaac Goodhart. Like just the cover art I'm already so excited about. Uh yeah. I you know it's it's uh it's about Uh, john and his punk band mucus membrane which like is a callback to the jamie delano days i of the hellblazer i I love it i'm so excited it's interesting how Garcia's sort of taken over the ya arm of dc totally fine with it like genuinely Mm -hmm. i'm so excited about it the the uh yeah this this hellblazer book like it has such a glam and punk rock look to it and uh yeah the robins are uh, dick grayson and damian wayne i uh, trying to i guess get along with each other with one of them being you know the adopted son and one of them being the biological son and what does that mean for them Mm -hmm. i love that garcia
0: she had um teen titans beast boy loves raven come out this week as well
1: yes which i've heard is great i haven't gotten a chance to read that yet
0: did you see someone tweeted uh, uh they like replied to this constantine news and they were like Wait, which version of Hellblazer is this? And then Neil Gaiman was like, That's not Hellblazer. <laughs>
1: interesting. <That's
0: laughs> yeah, and I was like, Holy shit, and then Cammy came in and was like, You're right, Neil. I was like, damn, look at this drama. No this is why we love Twitter.
1: It's interesting because I, I it's so weird that people uh, you know, and I've gotten hung up on continuity before, but like you know, the the thing that's so wonderful about these these OGNs is that they they're they're an easy buy-in. Like you don't have to really you yeah. know uh break your brain trying to figure out where it fits in because it's just trying to tell its own good story. I mean the under the moon, the the catwoman one that uh Isaac Goodhart oh, illustrated so good. was yeah excellent. Uh, we talked about a few of those with uh comic book couples counseling. You know the um we did yeah the Oracle Code is great, Gotham High is great and they they have these chances to tell these very um you know accessible and inclusionary stories which I love.
0: Right and they stand alone mm-hmm. so well that they 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 embody the characters in, in in just enough of a way to make it so you know fans of the characters can enjoy it, but also casual fans too. Yeah,
1: and you just reminded me that I never got around to reading the Johnny Constantine, uh, the mystery of the meanest teacher, which came out uh, recently. I <laughs> oh, yeah, think yeah. I'm
0: gonna order that right now. <laughs> in our next bit of news, Comixology announced Scott Tober. That's right. They literally <laughs> went with that, and I, they made a trailer I, for hell, it yeah. too. <laughs> So, yeah, if uh, you don't know, uh, Scott Snyder has um, eight new titles exclusive to Comixology, and three of them are launching this month, uh, including Clear, We Have Demons, and Night of the Ghoul all coming out this month. Hell yeah. Uh, Probably a lot of people are going to be very excited for We Have Demons because that's Greg Capullo and Snyder teaming up again since their Batman run. Francis Manipool is on Clear, and Francesco Francavilla is on Night of the Ghoul, which I have been anticipating for like four years because Scott has been teasing
1: it yeah, for a while. Scott's been talking about it for so long, um, and mm-hmm. it's finally—you know—it's one of those things where I think the last time that we had him on the show, he was talking about how like it was just a matter of finding the right venue and the right place to finally release them. Um, right. So, and and now we're we're getting you know triple dose of spookiness. <laughs> <laughs> Triple does is funny. Look, I mean, just 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 judging from the covers, these are extremely yeah. my shit. Especially Night of the
0: Ghoul. This is oh, for sure, so rad. See, so, yeah, so we have Demons is actually out next week, yeah. um, the fifth, and then on the twelfth is Clear, and then on the nineteenth is Night of the Ghoul. Stay awesome. tuned to Aipt Comics podcast. We may or may not have Scott on later to talk about all three. Yeah, um, he, there is also some information about uh, Snyder's schedule at NYCC, which is next week as well. He'll be signing, and uh, oh yeah, uh-huh. in our next bit of news, do you like Ghost Rider? I do. Do you like the Spirit Rider? I do. Do uh, you yeah. like the Black Eyed Peas? I do. Oh, my God, then you will love this next bit of news. Marvel announced Ghost Rider Kushala Number One, their next Marvel Unlimited comic, which will yeah. read vertically by Taboo and B.
1: Earl, who were on the show just a few weeks ago. Yeah, and and we're teasing that they had something that was just about to be announced that they couldn't talk about yet yep yep um yep. so i'm very excited to see more kushala i think she's a fascinating character and the uh that spirit writer one shot left her in a very interesting place
0: mm-hmm. it's an eight-part story it'll be weekly and uh, you'll have to get uh, marvel unlimited to read it it's an infinity comic mm-hmm. those infinity comics are pretty cool have you been able to check them out they're yeah yeah like yeah scrolling I've a couple of them mm-hmm mm. I saw uh, Declan Chalvey's X-Men art was for sale and it was interesting to see how yes, I saw he, actually, that too. he drew it like in a regular page. He didn't draw it vertically necessarily.
2: Yeah.
0: But yeah, no, uh, look out for that. That should be cool. Pretty cute. Also in the news, Black Widow and Captain Marvel writer Kelly Thompson jumping on the Substack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is that band? B-52s. They should sing a song about this. Substack baby. There you go. So if you were one of the lucky first 250 subscribers, uh, you got some extra cool things like all the other sub-stacks. But um, yeah, another creator kind of moving their exploits over to sub-stack. Mm-hmm. Kelly Thompson got her start with indie books. Hasn't done an indie book like this in quite some time. Been a Marvel person for a long time. Right.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And our next bit of news. We love to talk about sales on this show, but we don't know anything about math. Correct. So take that for what you will diamond summit day two the comic speed had some news on this um mm-hmm. sales are up 18 percent compared to 2019 probably not a big surprise since we were in the the throes of pandemic yeah last year but um as always the numbers are, are good and going up it seems like always
1: yeah for sure i mean uh... Like I said, it's always, it seems like it's usually good news for for comic sales, Uh, no matter how many people on Twitter say comics are are dead and dying. Yeah. Another thing to
0: note is just like indie comics are doing really well. Um, Yes. Yeah. So that's always a good thing. I I don't Mm -hmm. know. It's interesting. Everything seems to be moving in a direction of the big two not necessarily being big Mm -hmm. forever. Like they might lose their... Carte Blanche uh, eventually, you know?
1: I don't know. I yeah, it's always it's always interesting to see smaller companies really gaining steam and it, may, it it makes me happy because it you know it gives it affords people more opportunities to take risks.
0: True, true. Speaking of risks, in our next segment, our top books of the week, we're gonna talk about our top two favorite comics out this week. And it's gonna be risky? Yes, because Inferno, number one, oh. by Jonathan Hickman and Valerio Sheedy. Yeah. Both of our second favorite books of the week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Inferno rules. I'm So I'm very pleased to report. I think it's risky in the sense that like we're getting a four issue reboot or not reboot, but a, not a reboot or a reset, but like a new push in a new X-Men direction that we haven't had mm-hmm. really since Hawks and Pox
1: yes yeah this has real yeah this has real hawks and pox vibes I mean it, it in many ways it's recontextualizing things that we've been following for two years you know including mm-hmm. uh, Moira McTaggart's motivations and everything going on you know on Krakoa there's there's this new kind of undercurrent that uh you know we has always been kind of like, on the fringes of the story, but this is really diving into it and spelling things mm. out for us, which is thrilling to me because as much as I love, you know, the ambiguity and the long game that Hickman's been playing, the fact that we're getting answers and forward momentum
0: is, is great. Totally, yeah. And it's kind of interesting. You can you could have skipped everything but Hawks and Pox and kind of understood the story. <laughs> yeah, but
1: I, I do think that that, that does... Like, that helps color everything in as well. Like, the, right. you know, there's there's all these, like, smaller character motivations that, you know, if you if you had just had, you could probably still follow this if you skipped everything from Hox and Pox, but you would you would miss a lot of those little nuances. Right. Um, and I also, you know, outside of the nuances, this thing opens up with some of the most batshit action we've gotten in a while. Yeah, that's from true. From a Core X book. Like... I mean, Wolverine detaching his arm inside of Nimrod is <laughs> insane.
0: Yeah, that was pretty badass. All the Moira stuff is just so intriguing because, right? Like her her power when it was introduced that she can mm-hmm. reset all time yeah. from her perspective. Like that just opens things up so much. But we also know mm-hmm. that she's at the end of it too. She doesn't have many yes. more resets. So right. And if you don't really, know the story.
1: It really opens up the the meaning behind the X and the 10 of it all.
0: Yes, that's true. Um, at the core of the story is a, is a love story between Mystique and Destiny, who mm-hmm. have been split up uh, in part because Moira really doesn't like Destiny. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, I mean, we get to see why here for yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. One last thing: I loved how yeah. long it was. Like, yes, the it, length it was adds necessary. so much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be interesting to see how this four-part story uh, pans out because mm-hmm. it has to leave the X-Men universe in a place where it's going to be exciting and new and we'll, we can't wait to see what happens next. Definitely. Cause this is Hickman's last X-Men run for the foreseeable future.
1: Yeah. At least, at least, you know, on a very hands-on way.
0: And don't miss, uh, X-Men Monday, um, tomorrow because, uh, AFPT has an interview with Jordan White and it's answering your questions about Inferno number one. And awesome. Chris Hassan, uh, he has some interesting tidbits in there that you won't want to miss. Awesome. But more importantly, what is oh, your yeah. favorite book of the week, Nathan? My
1: favorite book of the week was Human Remains, number one, from Peter Milligan and Sally Cantorino. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a new Vault Comics series that launched this week that follows uh, a a world where when people show emotions uh, in public, monsters tear through reality and kill them. Ah, uh, shit, I hate when and that happens. And it's interesting because Peter Milligan has this gift for finding horror in the mundane and, mm. and building out these like human emotions into things that should be avoided. Yeah. He he's he's got a book at Ahoy called Happy Hour that has a similar vibe where if people people have to be happy all the time, or else they get sent to these like facilities that kind of beat the happiness into them, more or less like, <laughs> um, or like that brainwash them. And this one kind of takes that to a an extra dimensional conclusion. This is sort of the anti Happy Hour, and it uh, it explores how how people uh, move on in a world where they're not allowed to even tell someone they love them or. Uh, you know or just you know even have an outburst you know and like it, it the the first incursion happens at a wedding where everyone's either happy or frustrated or it, and everyone gets wiped out there's a there's a character who is investigating the phenomenon and she's thinking about the fact that these creatures don't go after kids because there's everything that the kids are feeling is surface level. there's nothing kind of driving it but she's thinking oh my child's about to turn 6 and i have to tell him every time i come home you can't be happy to see your mom you know mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. the you know because i'm gone for days at a time and i have to tell him no you can't react when you see me and uh it's just this this really devastating story that also just has this big crazy sci-fi concept
0: yeah like the whole the structure of the story kind of focuses in on that what you were kind of saying like the mundane mm-hmm. reality of something that you actually could feel in your own world, if there weren't monsters.
1: Well, and like it, it is this thing where people people have to feel something, you know. Like this, mm-hmm. the one of the first attacks we see in the book. This guy has been sitting at home with his wife for days, and then finally he says, "I can't fucking take it anymore." And he mm-hmm. runs out into the street, and he's like, "I, I'm, I'm angry. I'm miserable. This is not okay." I don't even give a shit anymore. Come and take me, you know? And, uh, you know, like, how how long can you, you know, how long can you do that without even feeling like a person anymore?
0: Right, 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 yeah. You lose your humanity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my favorite book of the week was also an indie book. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but at this point, it's so popular. I don't know if you can even call it indie. Um, the Department of the Truth, number 13, by James Tynan and Martin Simmons. Mm-hmm. So, this is the end of the second story arc, and it is a humongous turning point for the main story of oh, awesome. the Star-Crossed Man and our main character who, you know, as a child during the Santana Panic, they mm-hmm. encountered the Star-Crossed Man. We get information about the Star-Crossed Man, but we also get new information about the Department of Truth, and um... to say anything would ruin it. But the, okay. this book, well, the, let me just say, the solicit says this issue flips the entire script, and it literally does. Um, oh, wow. Okay. So in the last few pages, we get a really big reveal about truths about the, bar- the Department of Truth, but also the mm-hmm. Star-Crossed Man. And one little spoiler uh, I'll say is this sets up the uh, dynamic of our main character getting to interrogate the Star-Crossed Man in the oh. next issue. I'm so excited. Which God, will be I'm, I'm,
1: ridiculous. <laughs> I think I'm two issues behind, so that's that's going to be one of my goals this weekend is
0: to catch up. Gosh, I mean, if you don't know about this series, it's it's filled with conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. Um this issue in particular digs a little deeper into the satanic panic, going back as far as why humans even fear Satan or demons at all. And it goes into how Wow like hell was created by christianity to mm-hmm. kind of subjugate people after the fall of rome or not subjugate but create a, a good guy versus bad guy situation mm-hmm. so that people can all band together right against hell
1: in the concept of the series is if enough people believe something it becomes real and right. so that's right, right. and they they've played with that in terms of you know the everything from uh, the Saints to Bigfoot, you know, and, and it's mm-hmm. it's such a brilliant concept. I actually bought the first trade for my dad for his birthday. Oh, nice! And he was just like, "How the hell? Like this isn't this is absolutely the kind of thing that I go nuts for." He's like, "I can't believe." It goes back to your point of like, how can you still call this an indie book? It's wild that
0: this is still under people's radars because it is yeah. hands down one of my favorite series. It's it's something else. It's it's so unique in so many ways. Uh, Tynan has revealed on his sub stack that mm-hmm. uh, there will be cryptids stories that will tie into this that are exclusively okay. on his sub stack if you want to get oh, more cool. of the story. But, um, yeah, this issue, it I said this in my review because I did review it for aptcomics.com, but like it's the kind of book that sometimes the art can feel impenetrable, like hard to get into because it's so gritty and dirty. And Mm -hmm. like, even sometimes
1: in some issues it takes on the form of almost like a, a propaganda magazine or, you know, (laughs) there's, there's some, uh, Simmons does really interesting things with uh, collages and, 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 and different line work for different characters and different, yeah, different page layouts for uh, various situations.
0: There's, it never feels like the same book from month to month either. Oh, that's true. yeah, it's changing it up a lot. I mean, there are scenes where it's supposed to be normal life two characters standing mm-hmm. in the street talking, and it's like rendered in a way that it's like a nightmare. Yeah, which is really interesting. Actually, if you go to uh, Martin Simmons' Twitter this week, he's been tweeting um, some of the art that was done on the on the physical format and then what he how it changed when he put it in the computer and digitally added stuff, which is really cool too. Mm-hmm. It's just so many layers to the book, and I think that's one yeah. of the reasons why I like it so much. You, you put it down, and it makes you think, it makes you scared, it makes you intrigued, there's a lot going on. Speaking of a lot going on, though, in our standout... Kapow! Moment of the week! Oh, our nice. favorite moment of the week. We have wild we stallions, talk. thank you for that sting <laughs> right there. This is our favorite moment of the week. Uh, we're pulling a page or panel. Mm-hmm. And talking about it a little bit, if you go to the com post for this podcast, you can see the art in full. We'll do our best to explain what we're looking at, though. <laughs> uh, Nathan, what was your favorite Kapow moment of the week?
1: Uh, so the the moment that really stuck out to me this week, and it's something that I keep giggling about when I think about it, is from Superman 78, number two, uh, by Robert Venditti and uh, Wilfred Torres. The, uh, look, I mean, the the easiest way to just... Dive right into it. Superman uses his little cellophane S from Superman <laughs> 2. Uh, he rips it off his chest and throws it at a bunch of Brainiac drones, and they get all crinkled up in it, with the sound effect even saying, crink, crinkle. Um, and it is delightful. I the, I think the thing that is so great about um, Batman 89 and this book is how it uses specific things from that version those versions of the characters and kind of embraces them whether they were popular or not i mean you know the batman 89 number two has a scene where barbara gordon is futzing around with the remote control batarang that they found in batman returns and this one you know look people tend to hate the cellophane s but venditti is basically saying here uh, it exists. This Superman uses it, so why not? Let's throw let's throw that shit in. Like I, I kind of I, I appreciate the. It's bold, you know, right? It is, it's
0: they were pissed about this. Yeah, but they still are.
1: <laughs> people still, yeah, people still shit on it. And it, I, I don't know. It's bold, and it's also just like I, I appreciate the um, the loyalty to the source material. Like that's just <laughs> really fun. Uh it,
0: it made me actually laugh out loud while I was reading it. It was it was pretty it was pretty awesome yeah yeah I, I mean, it actually maybe wonder like are there other funny weird things that Donner used that aren't in the comics that we can anticipate I can't oh, remember
1: I mean there's plenty but some of them have just actually become canon since then I mean oh, all sure. the all the crystal stuff and like there's true, there's true. a whole bunch of you know design elements from those movies that have become canon as well
0: right right yeah that was a great moment that's probably the best moment in the whole
1: issue it really was like it, <laughs> it I mean that and I think. I think the issue really nails Gene Hackman's uh, Mm. Luther voice. Like Mm -hmm. there's the dialogue with Luther is very good.
0: Yeah, I liked it. I, I think I reviewed it. Yeah, I reviewed it for the site. And nice. The depictions of the characters and how close they look to the actors is really well done, too.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Uh, My favorite moment of the week uh, was from Extreme Carnage Omega by Philip Kennedy Johnson and (laughs) Daniel Garcia. (laughs) Sorry, I just opened
1: the file you sent me and I did not expect it.
0: So one thing about Extreme Carnage I've really appreciated is (laughs) it really goes hard on the gore, uh, but not in a scary way. Well, sometimes it's scary, especially in the first issue, the alpha issue, but in a lot of ways it's just like if you like fucking arms being torn off and shit like you're going to like this book or this, this series is wild so my favorite moment is from uh yes yeah, from cream uh, uh, carnage omega where uh, we think carnage is going to kill a guy and he does he tears him in half and uh, this into is the kind of gore... th- into
1: fourths like
0: <laughs> so in this picture we have Trip. carnage yeah, there's a sound effect called that says "shrip," and uh, he's torn this guy in half. Uh-huh. And so he's got his right arm and left arm very separated, but also his head is flying up in the air, and his head is cut in half. Like, yeah, it's like the guy was made of tissue paper. There this might be the most violent gore. thing I've ever seen in a Marvel book. It's pretty. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, this is wild. And then there's another image. The next panel is. The body parts falling to the ground while a, a, an audience, they're in a, um, a stadium, <laughs> yeah. watches. And the clomp, thud, quad of the body parts. And you can make out two arms, a head, and some stuff. I don't know what it is. Some
1: junk. Yeah. <laughs> that's insane. It is. it is. I can't believe what I'm looking at. And that's not the only gore in the wow. issue, too.
0: We, we've we got all the symbiotes fighting, and there are people Yeah. Getting, uh, basically, Carnage and his other symbiote minions are tearing through people while flash Thompson and the good guy symbiotes are trying to stop them
2: mm it
0: was a it was a it was a, a satisfying end and to the to the extreme carnage eight- part story but it also sets up a lot for what could go on with the symbiotes after ram v and uh, Al Ewing are finished so yeah for sure but uh, I loved I love the gore in this it, it didn't hold back and maybe it's mm-hmm. because Marvel yeah like you said Marvel's like Maybe pushing the boundaries a little bit more than they usually do. Yeah, it's crazy. In our next segment, top books for next week, we're going to talk about our top, most anticipated comic out next week. I'm going to go first. I am really excited for Amazing Spider-Man number 75. Mm -hmm. This is the much anticipated new era, I would call it, for Spider-Man because Mm -hmm. it's got Zeb Wells and Patrick Gleason writing the main story for this issue, but... Um, this series will uh, trade off with new writers. I think every two issues, there'll be a new writer for the main story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that includes Saladin Ahmed, Kelly Thompson, and Cody Ziegler, and Patrick Gleason also all writing. Um, but this is a new era where we know we already know because of solicits, so it's a bit of a spoiler, but Ben mm-hmm. Riley is taking over as Spider-Man. We don't know why yet. With Amazing Spider-Man number 74 out just this week, it's kind of crazy that it's uh, coming out so soon, but uh, and it's also exercised. So a lot of story, a lot of great art. Yeah, um, I th- I'm really excited to see if folks are excited about it because you know a lot of people yeah. they feel a little annoyed by Ben Riley just being in existence, just existing. <laughs> well, because he, you know, for a lot of
1: folks, he he very much represents a a difficult time, shall we yeah. say, uh, yeah. for Spider-Man fans. Uh, but yeah, I I think I think there's been a lot of work done with his character over the years to make him you know more than just like the radical version of spider-man um radical (laughs) and i i don't know i yeah i'm i'm very much looking forward to this i'm i'm uh and i'm excited to like you said i'm excited to see people excited about amazing again you know yeah Um, yep (laughs) it's been a while yeah oh i will say speaking of suits new suits in action um the mm. new miles morales suit looks so great on the page um it and, does and i loved it so much i i wasn't 100 percent sold on it until i saw him like flipping around the city in it and like yeah you know uh helping some kids get a you know find their lost dog and like it was yeah. just really nice seeing that i don't know he, he's he's a very approachable spidey
0: Carmen Carnero does a lot with little details yes. to make it look real, like a real, yeah. like he's like really just wearing like a coat or jacket or whatever that is.
1: Yeah. With like a, like a pulled up uh, hood over his mouth. It's a, yeah, yeah, it's a great looking suit. It looks super functional. Mm-hmm.
0: But what is your most anticipated book of the week?
1: My most anticipated book uh, is Arkham City, The Order of the World, number one by Dan mm-hmm. Waters and Danny. This is, the end colors by Dave Stewart, like this looks unbelievable. I have been so looking forward to this since it was announced. Um, the premise is it follows, um, the people who survived the a day massacre where everyone in Arkham Asylum was gassed by Joker toxin. Um, and it follows, uh, a, a number of the patients that managed to escape the massacre, um, including, uh, uh, The Mad Hatter and Professor Pig and the Ten eyed Man and uh, Solomon Grundy. And it's got a very, um, it looks like it has a very like kind of horror misfits kind of vibe to Hmm. it where people are trying to kind of figure out what their lives are now that they're on the run. And, uh, you know, even the place that was supposed to lock them up can't keep them safe. Um, and meanwhile, they're being hunted by Azrael. So it's, uh, I don't know, the the whole vibe of this book I'm very much into. I'm really interested in following some of the, you know, sort of uh, C-list villains as well. Like, and, and just kind of seeing, like, what their interior life is like.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, Dan Waters gave an interview to Screen Rant. Oh, uh, gosh, I forget when, but semi-recently. And he was saying... You know he's approaching these characters like they're people. They're not yes, yeah. these Masterminds taking over the world necessarily. They're mm-hmm. they're sick, right? And the main character, the psychologist, there she wants to fix them or not fix them but heal them,
1: right? And she's the only she's the only living doctor left at Arkham Asylum. Like, <laughs> oh, that's, that's right. Like, like, Joker didn't or, kill her know, either. Either the people who d- she's the only one who either didn't die or quit after the after right. a day, right? Yeah. Um, yeah and this this really like cuz A-Day's kind of is really beautifully informed uh or maybe not beautifully but elegantly informed <laughs> the uh the 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 actions of other characters and the other storylines playing yeah. out in like all of the Batman titles uh, specifically the Joker where you know Jim Gordon's trying to hunt down the Joker um but th- this book I feel like is really going to uh, you know acknowledge the reality of going to work after everyone you know there is gone and (laughs) and and also not feeling safe anymore in this place that's supposed to be you know the most secure place in the city (laughs) um like what is your what is your life like after a
0: terrorist attack you know right right uh stay tuned next week yeah we have an interview with dan waters to talk about this issue heck yeah but uh, yeah, uh, the art also Danny is so good. Um, it's gorgeous,
1: absolutely. It, the The preview pages of the tin Eyed Man are haunting. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I've, I'm so excited for this book. Why I does it remind me
0: of um, Batman Long Halloween? Like the like the art style is it's it's not got a little bit of Long
1: Halloween, but it's also got a little bit of that um, that Dave McKean um, Serious House on Serious Earth vibe. Like it's, oh, it's yeah. kind of scratchy. It's it's mm-hmm. it's got this. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a uh, it's very noir driven. Mm, I feel mm-hmm. like, and I, you know, that's a soft spot for me. So
0: hell yeah! In our next segment, Judge About the Cover Junior, we're gonna talk it, about our most in- favorite covered art out next week. Yeah, what do you got? Oh my well, god, we picked I, the same shit. I,
1: I <laughs> yeah, we. I just look. Uh, I'm gonna stay on the Arkham City train. Oh, um, yeah. this variant cover by Steve Beach for Arkham City Order of the World number one is. Just freaking gorgeous. It's, yeah. uh, it's a black and white cover. All the characters are drawn in a hyper-realistic fashion. Um, I also love the reflection, question mark, or upside down oh, yeah. uh, depiction weird. of the Arkham Asylum front gates, uh, suggesting that, you know, things aren't what they appear to be. Mm-hmm. Um and, uh, oh, yeah, and Dr. Phosphorus looking metal as hell over in the corner. Um, and the top half of the cover is really taken up not just by Azrael's, you know, cloak, but his giant flaming sword that kind right. of pierces the sky. And uh, I just, I don't know. This is such an evocative cover. And I, I, it's the one I'm, it's one of the ones I'm going to seek out next week when I go to the comic shop.
0: Azrael is like the, like, like death itself, the yes. way his
1: cloak is looking. It's really cool. Absolutely. Like the ghost of Christmas future on his way. <laughs> and the ten eyed man uh, hanging out
0: upside down. Oh, yeah. There he is. Really cool. Yeah. yeah. I like how there's all this rubble and stuff. Um, looks like, I mean, you, you get the, it conveys the fact that Arkham is, you know, down for the count at the moment. And, and these,
1: everyone's sorting cool. through the wreckage of their <laughs> own <old>
0: life. <laughs> oh. Oh, I like that. I wonder if that was that that could be their intention. Yeah. Good I call.
1: Know, I love it. It's a great cover.
0: Uh, my favorite cover art was by Arthur Adams for The Amazing Spider-Man number 75. This is a I think it's the main cover. It's the a gatefold, so it covers the back and front.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We've got Spidey and Ben Riley in his new Spidey suit jumping towards us. The the level of detail I love in this, this cover thing. so
1: much. I mean, anytime Art Adams gets to draw Spider Man, I'm so happy.
0: I can't stop looking at the little hole at the bottom of his uh, hand where the webs come out. Oh my God! You're yeah. I didn't even notice that. That's like, great. Little teen. Uh, it's interesting because the art isn't like you know. It's not Rob Liefeld Jim Lee style. hyper detail. There's still like a cartoony funness that Arthur Adams is known for. Yeah. But there's also a level of detail here that's just so cool. Like. The muscles in ben riley's like rib area and yeah. you know the details of the villains that are behind them to sort of chasing them it has this like pop kind of f- flare to it that's really cool yeah. i mean and look it, at I've, every I've never,
1: brick has freaking yes. detail <laughs> i've never noticed this before but the ben riley's the new suit has like larger web cartridges than uh, than Peter's suit does, and it kind of reminds me oh, of yeah. like a new take on the the old gauntlets that he used to have. Yeah, like that's those little, true. Those wrist braces.
0: I actually did not see that until you just called that's it out. So cool! I love that. I mean, look at how many bricks did he draw here? And you can actually look at yeah. every brick, and every brick is different. He didn't like copy paste. <laughs> no, it's wild. Yeah, this is a this is an excellent cover. It's just so cool. I mean, if you love Spider Man, it really evokes evokes the. Um, I don't know. the like the weirdness of Spidey and all the yeah. costume is just so front and center. It's so cool. Yes. I love it. And in our last segment, the Boulet brothers and Steve Orlando join us to talk about their takeover of Heavy Metal Magazine. Woo. We get into it, folks. It's really enjoyable. We get into it. On with us is Steve Orlando at the Boulet brothers. Thank you so much for being on the APT Comics Podcast.
3: We're happy to be here.
0: To start... How did this Halloween takeover begin and how long has it been in the works?
3: Um, so it started with us and Steve becoming friends, actually. Um, we started talking more and more. We wanted to do a project together and uh, we came up with all sorts of different things that we wanted to do. And, you know, we sort of landed on let's do this halloween takeover issue with heavy metal um as our sort of first first outing together and it just started growing and becoming bigger and bigger and we started pulling in more artists and writers and here it is
4: <laughs> i want to say we've been talking about half a year uh right. about this project and kind of like building toward it does that sound about right
5: i got it might even been i mean in all its forms i think i first talked to you guys in 2019 because i don't know think the <laughs> pandemic had happened yet so you know uh but it did all you know we were figuring out we were molding it into the the thing that it is now uh so i think there was a lot of time but uh yeah no i think it's been once we sort of dove in and started doing all the stories and everything yeah i think we started that sort of towards the middle of the spring
1: nice yeah um the thing that I was really excited about is uh, the Boulez, you've done like this wild supervillain challenge on Dracula before, uh, and now you're working with heavy metal. What are your backgrounds like with comics? Is this an afterlife long love for you?
3: Yeah, actually, we've both <laughs> been into comic books, he laughs because we rarely get to talk about our interest in comic books, and yeah. it runs very deep. So when someone pulls the string, get ready. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay. I well, like. No, I like. Yeah. No, I like the the afterlife. Thank you. Long. Yeah, I really my, appreciate that. My jokes go unappreciated. On <laughs> that hey, stuff. I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we we've both
3: been into comics forever. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially me, I sort of grew up drawing my own comics, writing my own comics. When we met, um, we started making comics together. We met in New York uh, when I got out of art school and I worked uh, for Harris Comics for Vampirella at the time. Oh, um, and oh wow! We met. Uh, the two of us met while I was working there Mm -hmm. and so um, our path sort of diverged us out of comics somehow Um, you know I always thought when I moved to New York I was like okay I'm gonna the comics is my passion since I was like a, a child so I'm like okay I'm gonna move to New York and I'm gonna become a famous comic writer and I'm gonna be rich and it's gonna be great and then I was like oh You don't actually make any money doing (laughs) this, and I was like, I should have thought this out. This is a ten-year-long plan. Really, really appreciate
0: that
2: note. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say maybe
3: Steve should chime in. (laughs) You know, obviously now it's a different story, right? Because so many people, their stories become movies and TV shows and all this this craziness. And you know, but but then I'm talking about we're talking about in you know the very early '90s, late '80s, Mm, like it, it. Wasn't like that. Um, And so I discovered that as an intern at (laughs) Vampirella, you know, uh, I was like, wow, okay. Because I would have to take uh, literal artwork to artists' uh, lofts or pick up artwork and bring them up. So I got to see how they lived. And I was like, okay, that's my future
4: if I stay in this. (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah, I think back from the 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 first meeting, like when Drake and I really met each other and started hanging out, we had the Wednesday ritual of going to the local comic shop, collecting our titles, and then going to a coffee house or getting lunch, and kind of like we did that forever. And um, when I lived in New York and we met, I was at our, I was in art school, and a lot of my portfolio to get into that school was just stuff that I had drawn on my own of existing characters and characters of my own creation. So nice. um, yeah, so I think it's it's a long running history. Yeah, we did a comic together that we never published or anything, but I mean, I literally think there's
3: probably like a hundred issues of it, like oh, wow. fully oh, wow. drawn out, written issues done by hand. I had to do all the, the, you know, the blocks and everything, like all the pages, I would have to manually set them up oh, and then wow. we would draw over them and yeah, and do all the lettering by hand, everything. So um, what was the title yeah. of the comic? Um, I can't say that because I might do something. With it. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, okay, all right. awesome. Was it, was it superheroes? Uh, it was. Yeah. Oh, cool, it cool. was awesome. sort of a superhero horror adjacent, I would say. Ooh, nice. awesome.
1: yeah. What were the kind of titles you were bonding over when you were going to, to the shops?
3: I feel like we like different things. Like mm-hmm. when I first started getting into comics, I I got pulled in through like weird like West Coast Avengers issues Ooh, nice. or like the uh-huh. vision and scarlet witch like you know how the drugstores used to have those like turnaround oh, styles. Yes. yeah and so i lived in the south so when i was a kid i would go to these really old kind of places like that so the comics would be very outdated and so uh-huh. i'd pick up like uh the vision and the scarlet witch miniseries and all these like odd things that just mm. happened to remain there for 100 years um and then i really got into like the suicide squad and the new mutants and all these kind of things nice. and when we met um I think you were really into like the secret six and stuff like that right
4: uh, yeah when that came out but I think when we met I was more I wasn't as deep into the comic book uh kind of rabbit hole as you were and then you introduced me to that that was like one of the first titles that I can remember like hey read this and it was the entire compilation of um the suicide squad and it was so good and it was the just kind of Ostrander like Straer run. Yes, yeah,
1: fantastic. Yeah, still
4: my
3: favorite to this day. In fact, uh, our assistant who works with us and does our podcast, uh, Mm -hmm. Ian, just got me a like mint edition issue one of that for my birthday uh, last month. Yeah,
0: Yeah. that's so cool. Happy birthday!
5: Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You you really buried the lead that we're both August birthdays too. We have. I mean, I guess we'll. uh, There'll there'll be evil things coming up next year. I've already got plans for mine. See, but, how did uh, how did you approach like balancing out and
1: and recruiting all the creatives like telling these stories? I mean, a lot of folks here they're they're making their comics debut: Alaska and Danhausen and Katya. Uh, well,
5: most of the recruiting was easy because I just let Dragon Swan do it. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> which, which which made things exceedingly easy. Uh, but I did. Uh, I did have two folks that came from uh, my end, which I feel like we're safe to say, which is uh, Steve Fox, uh, who yeah. is coming to the coming to the anthology in a bit of synchronicity, since Fox is not only the person that introduced me to the Belay show years ago, but he's also the editor of Razorblades. Razorblades yeah. uh, and so I, I have a short that he edited in Razorblades in October, and then he has the short in this book. Oh, perfect. Uh, which I which I edited uh, in, in same month, you know. So it, it all just sort of worked out. But so I brought in Stephen. I brought in my friend Danhausen. Uh, you know, we had already met. Uh, he did a cover for me that was extremely successful in Commanders in Crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's probably you know the, the the premier personality on indie wrestling right now, and I, I've always been really impressed with how he markets himself because yeah. he he managed to. You know, he managed to essentially hit big in the middle of a pandemic when people mm. weren't even wrestling in a ring, but nobody cared because his mm. characters and his videos and everything were so fun. So when we were doing a spooky issue and I knew I had a couple staffing places uh, or spots I could fill, it was always going to be those two first. And I'm I'm really happy with the stories they did. I'm happy with the stories everyone did. I like to say it. Uh, I've, I've said it in front of Dragon Swan before, uh, but I'll, I'll say it here too. Like, I, I'm proud of what everybody did on this because it's not... It would have been really easy, for example, to have all these queens come on and just put themselves in the stories. Uh, and then, you know, you would know what was an Alaska story because there's an Alaska, there's Alaska and Alaska. Jesus, like she's a Pokemon. Uh, there's Alaska.
0: <laughs> a wild Alaska. Gotta catch them all. But
5: but to that end, instead, we have original stories from these people and yet they, they, they feel exactly like they take place in the world of these characters. You know that it's an Alaska story. You know that it's a Katja story, even though she's not there waving that flag right uh you oh, know the, the and narration and... screams katya though <laughs> well no but that's exactly what i'm saying we I'm, I'm really happy that we got to do originals that's still like 110 yeah. you see these folks voices come through even though it's not like they're just there being spooky drag queens on for the page. Sure.
3: that was important for us to bring to the table too because it would be easy to throw them in as characters but you know we sort of know them and respect them as artists drag is just that, you know, one medium that they, mm-hmm. you know, use their yeah. skill. And so, so we knew that they would like the opportunity to show more because they all have more to offer. And so I'm like, look at this opportunity. And they all are fans of heavy metal too. That's, that's how we sort of picked yeah. who we picked because we wanted to pick people who would
4: appreciate the, you know the, how the glory yeah. yeah the legendary status so when, when when i said the word the name heavy metal because like we you know we know a lot of these artists like personally they mm-hmm. they've worked with us before and at events that we've done so when i when i kind of offered them they just jumped at it and that's that reaction that we were really hoping for plus we wanted people that we knew could put together kind of like strange and cool stories and kind of mm-hmm. push the boundaries into like the adult content that heavy metal kind of affords so
0: we got to a chance to read i think all of the stories and. And I just love the pulpy scrappiness of every story. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, also the edge to them. You're definitely leaning into that heavy metal aesthetic. Yeah. I, I have to ask, though, was there anything you couldn't show or you wanted to? And they were like, eh, maybe we pull that back a little bit.
4: No, I, I think there was something particularly in Katya's story where there was like penetration or like uh-huh. squirting or something. I, I think we got one note where it was like, this is like one notch too far, which to me is like <laughs> a feather in our hat. Like, yeah, mission totally. accomplished. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mission accomplished. <laughs> Heavy metal
5: told <laughs> us to calm down.
4: <laughs> it was, the line was,
5: the line was at full penetration. Uh, sure. But but at the same time, you know, we we, we made some slight uh, massages uh to to account <laughs> for that and then we still got our final shot of you know J- jamie lee squirt blasting that dildo uh in yeah. someone's face so like the, the the money shot was still there Amazing. and was and was <laughs> non-negotiable so by shot, Del- but Del- i was seeing like <laughs> genuinely <laughs> i
0: texted nathan when, after i read that story i was like wow this is going for it This is wild. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. totally.
3: Well, I was in, we were in Barnes & Noble's the other Mm -hmm. day. We're, like, doing a signing there for something else soon, and I picked up the recent heavy metal, and I was like, okay, let me just see just to kind of compare. And I was like, there's, like, one set of tits in this. I was like, okay. I was like, is this, because I'm reflecting on ours and I'm like, are we going to get banned? Because I was thinking of heavy metal like from a few years ago, you know, and it was like, it always really pushed the envelope. So I was like, wait a minute. I hope this isn't the new standard because we just like, trashed.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's been one of the really fun things about diving back into heavy metal uh, in in recent months. Dave and I've been reading it a lot and there's such a there's such a wealth of different material from month to mm. month. I mean, the, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Steve's got uh, you know, some more YA friendly stuff that's that's running in heavy oh, metal yeah. and mm-hmm. and there's uh, I don't know, I it's really cool seeing how it can kind of uh vacillate
5: wildly from month to month in a really <laughs> thrilling way yeah
2: mm-hmm.
5: it's gonna be wild to have these these halloween stories in the same issue with uh my serialized run, which as you said is yeah technically ya so god love people who like going from those <laughs> extremes but it's still heavy metal ya which is not to say that yeah, we're right. There's still you know breaking the ru- and... <laughs> breaking the yes breaking the bonds of decency but we're trying to approach uh, the emotional journeys that those people go through in there with a heavy metal sensibility. So, so what I'm saying is they vape. That's what makes it YA. Yeah, uh, but and 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 nothing else. But um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be quite the contrast in that issue. I didn't know they were going to run an issue of Starward uh, with this issue
2: until yeah. I saw the table. Oh, that's funny.
5: Content. That's so great. And I was I like, it. all right, let's let's roll on. <laughs> Fantastic. Um,
1: one of the things that I, I truly love about, uh, about Dragula, uh, I was talking with, to, with my partner about this earlier, um, before the floor show and everything, there's always, um, what we refer to in our household as spooky voguing. We always get like these gorgeously edited <laughs> montages of you, uh, you know, stepping out of the fog or teleporting around, a, you know, a mansion and um, one of the things that I, I feel like you really captured that on the page in this issue, because you two kind of play the Crypt Keepers for this mm-hmm. issue. You know, you're the Vampirellas. Like, hmm. did you, how, how was that? How was that experience of getting to like, you know, add those little codas? And did you have any input on designing your looks in these stories? <laughs>
3: Oh, God. You can we ask, are, yeah, <laughs> ask Steve how much influence... I mean, we are very nitpicky about this sort of thing. Like, oh, that's awesome. We were, like, taking videos of wigs and outfits and sending him samples, and I'm sure he was, like... Yeah um calm yeah. down we're like
4: um, <laughs> we're like this headdress is overly embellished and it is way too like asian look you know we need to sure. bring this more western and like simplify it and like you know we, we were really heavy-handed i want yeah.
1: 90s emma frost not 80s emma frost <laughs> yes well, exactly <laughs>
4: you know i mean the the way that our career has
3: developed or we mm-hmm. are like modern day horror hosts that's what the yes, direction that yeah, we are you sure. know that the things are moving and so this to us is just sort of like more of what we've been doing recently but on the mm-hmm. comic page which was fun to see because like we said you know growing up and and reading pulp comics like that there was always some sort of character even odd characters like dr druid back in the day used yeah. to be like a character like that you know <laughs>
2: yeah you I, are I,
5: obsessed you are, I've, I've done so many interviews with you now. You are obsessed with Dr. Druid. And I it. it's Don't like, fuck this it's like up it, for
3: me. I'm trying to slide it in there into people's subconscious. You're messing no, with really my powers.
5: Like, I, it's like, it's like I start a timer until Dr. Druid comes up when we do these. Things.
3: Oh. I'm just going to start saying his name every time you call me before we talk.
5: Yeah. No, I mean, it would all be in character. So
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, he used to be Dr. Droom and was sort of right. a crypt keeper type character of his own. Of I think it was like Weird Tales or something like mm-hmm. that. It didn't it wasn't a long-lasting comic, but that is where he first showed up.
4: Hey, back yeah. to the the Boulet moments there. I want to tell yeah. you that you and your partner are going to be delighted because if you love those segments yes. like in previous seasons, uh-huh. we've we've really kind of like padded them out and like outdone ourselves and like the styling it's it's very different it's noticeable yeah. and it is so good. Oh so, man, uh, w- yeah. when
1: we did one of our early dates was watching uh Resurrection because I was very excited about my new shutter account and that was like one of the first things we watched. And uh yeah, even the the new cast announcement video there's 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 plenty of that like on display. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, really? it's
3: there's so much more like every, th- this season of the show is uh-huh. really just a great mixture of all the previous, like the best of all uh-huh. the previous seasons, you know, every That's season awesome. has its own flavor. Like the first one was very DIY and punk. The yeah. second one was very campy and like uh catty and fun. True. And the third one was more serious and horror. And this, this one sort of blends all of that together. That's awesome. I
1: was uh was actually wondering the you know what what can we expect from the new season? It premieres on just a couple of weeks, right? October 19th.
4: Yes. Um, I like Jack just said, I mean, it really is kind of like a Frankenstein's monster of all three seasons, but yeah. we've also gotten a lot better at doing it too. So we find ourselves in those thrones and very comfortable with like what hmm. what we're what we're doing also the camera ops um we've had like some technological upgrades and Mm -hmm. just more of our like overactive imaginations being put (laughs) on screen and uh, us just kind of like having fun And, and and that's one thing that i can't under uh over like um emphasize is that season four the cast and and the array of challenges that we put together Mm -hmm. It is such a fun, wild ride. From the way that the season opens, like the first scene of episode one, it's just fun from moment one to moment done.
1: Awesome. That's
3: so exciting.
0: When you're like developing the show and coming up with ideas, did it feel similar when you were coming up with ideas for Heavy Metal Magazine number 311?
3: Um, Only maybe... Uh, and the sense of like the the intro short movies that we do before
4: each episode. Mm-hmm. it's similar in that way, I would say. but also affords us a lot of flexibility because, you know, we can fly through dimensions and yeah. battle like, interdimensional beings, and we yes. can't really do that on the show. And We've got a budget, but we don't have a budget like that yet. You know what Maybe, I mean? Right, Maybe
3: totally. next season. <laughs> well, that's something Steve yeah. said, too, when we first came to him, and I almost feel like it was ingrained in our head, because he was like, well, mm-hmm. look, we don't have, this isn't a show, so we don't have to write it mm. as if we have to produce this, because I right. that's a lot of times we do. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to find the location first, and then I'm going to write this, because I sure. need to know I can get this, and then I can depict, because, you know, if you're like, I need a UFO, and they're like, well, where are we going to get a fucking UFO? <laughs> you know right. <laughs> like, you do the opposite so steve was like reminding me you know we don't we can do anything so i'm like yeah. oh yeah so we didn't go too crazy with this one but we do have plans for some other things uh that cool. are a little more outrageous <laughs> nice that's awesome well you do you do that with this with
1: the story the the two-parter the vault of sama which is like it feels like we pick up on issue 75 of a long-running series where you two are superheroes i mean did you have this big backstory in your heads for your comic alter egos and will we see this version of you again?
3: Uh, I think you will definitely see this version of us again for Ooh. sure.
4: Yeah. yeah. I think initially the conversation with Steve was really about exploring an in-depth kind of like super epic origin story of us as not even just as characters but like as a species and let that kind of like just be out there so i think your instinct of like issue 75 is is exactly right like this is one episode in in a saga but it takes place sort of in the middle
1: yeah it's so fun i mean you're doing all kinds of wild dr strange or dr druid stuff and (laughs) (laughs) clearly living out some
0: fantasies that's awesome it's definitely cool too. Like there's that page with the history and your powers and oh, yeah, the fact. fact that it's in heavy metal makes it even more real, right? There's another media that has this content.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was yeah. exciting to see. And I, I love that splash page too. That, oh, it's uh, so well
0: done. Yes.
3: Thank yeah. you. That, that artist has been a fan of ours for a long time oh, and cool. i I'm sort of always have my eye open for uh, talented people that you could potentially give a break to. And I'm like, yeah. this guy is so talented. I'm like, you want to do a spread in heavy metal? And he's like, what, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Steve switching gears a little bit, uh, to entirely different universe, uh, darkhold alpha just dropped. How is it getting to dive into the horrific side of Marvel?
5: Uh, I mean, first of all, a relief because it's been a year uh, That yeah. book has been simmering. <laughs> I probably since, sure. uh, the last time we talked about Marvel. uh, But the good news is it was always designed to be somewhat modular, or I shouldn't say modular, somewhat standalone. So other than mm. the fact that, yes, like this takes place before Trial of Magneto, so on some level people know that whatever happens to Wanda, she's gonna turn a corner and get murdered. Yeah. Uh we can, Which is comics, by the way. I mean, that might happen to me tonight. You have no idea. So, uh it's been it, it was a story that I knew whenever it would come out would 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 still work, you know? Mm-hmm. And personally, for me, like i I got to pick the characters that would turn into the Dark hole defiled. Uh, and so between getting to use Catthon and getting to delve into the sort of like lovecraftian aspects of of the Marvel Universe, and especially when you see Catthon in the Omega issue because Ke and Tormi did a complete redesign of him that it's just like, Super, super cool, like his face splits open into tentacles and things like that, like yeah. that old savage dragon doctor villain. Yeah. Uh, like it's it's super, super cool. Um, I've just been, it, it's just been a joy really. And especially too, like Wanda's had such a challenging run uh, mm. getting to do a book where she's finally like taking control of the, the, the bad actors in her life and putting them yeah. in their place. Uh, is exciting, you know, and that starts in the Alpha issue with Doom and her sort of asserting herself to the tune of like, "Well, you did brainwash me into marrying you, so also fuck you, even though I need to work with you." Um, such a
1: rewarding moment, <laughs> like for her to just well, be like, "I'm, I'm, I'm not listening right now," <laughs> you know what I mean?
5: But also, she knows him really well, you know that. Like sure. it's been, I mean, they're two of the biggest icons that Marvel has. So for what is te- my technically my first Marvel work, even though it's not the first to shelve, having them trust me to work with wanda and especially doom who they guard very judiciously uh you guys may or may not know uh was was really exciting and there's great stuff coming too uh as well the one shots are all super cool it's designed very similar to the milk wars event i did so you know the one shots all basically happen in the blink of an eye like when they're reading the book uh Mm -hmm. and then you, you get the detailed stories that are coming from these guest creators ryan north's uh, Iron Man one, especially, is just yeah. really bizarre body horror that's Those coming one out first. Um, and now the Omega comes around, and you get a big, the other half of this big horror blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so uh, if folks have read Milk Wars, that that is the format that I presented to Marvel. You know, like awesome. like, and and now we're getting to do that with the new cast characters, and mm-hmm. for me specifically, getting to do Black Bolt, uh, who's one of my <laughs> favorite Marvel yeah. characters. Uh very exciting you know he's my do- Black Bolt is my Dr. Druid you know that's um, <laughs> the me- healing talk me <laughs> me and Black Agar Boltagon are going to go all the way someday
4: So I so can't it, with it, that it, name I never all, could with all, that name
5: It also,
3: <laughs> I, uh, I don't mean
4: to change the Swan, subject but I respect just respect their
5: culture is all I can say <laughs> hey, I, <It's>, I,
3: hey
4: <laughs> I love the Inhumans but I can't deal with Black Agon Baltagar or whatever the hell it is <laughs> <laughs>
3: Why is David in uh, Doctor Strange's attic
0: is
2: what I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh
0: in my day job, I still I have this background in my uh, my boss keeps saying it's the church of Dave. And I'm just like, I don't know.
3: It looks like that window in Doctor Strange's the, the attic. Yeah. yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. <laughs> you're like up there.
0: <laughs> this is the Sanctum santorum of the AIPT comics podcast.
3: <laughs> i would hey, i have a question for you all yeah, actually right. Hit us so up. speaking of scarlet witch right do yeah, you yeah. all think she could ever actually be redeemed sort of like pre bendis period uh with fans or no oh,
0: yeah. <sighs> that is a very dicey conversation to have on twitter we we have, <laughs> we have a lot of conversations
1: about uh you know when when folks can kind of move past certain storylines i mean it, it's yes. It's difficult, right? Because there there's yeah, she, she was kind of just like blown apart in front of fans in, in a lot of ways. I I love Scarlet Witch. I will always love Scarlet Witch and go to go to the mat for her. But uh yeah, that's a that's a it's a tough sell. It is. She's like
2: holiday oh, level I'll cancel. Say.
3: Yeah. Okay,
0: you need to
3: <laughs> It's true. That's how fans act Paula about Dean. it. They,
0: yeah. uh, Last yeah. time I saw her, she had those goggles for cutting onions, I think. All well,
5: you, all, all I would say is look to the end of my story and definitely yeah. look to the end of Trial of Magneto since that takes place after. Um, Steve is going to yeah. resuscitate her.
3: But will it work? Because they've tried not, a couple of times. I'm yeah.
5: not resuscitating her. Leah is Leah, doing uh, Trial oh, true, of Magneto. True, 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 true. I, I'm, ta- I'm taking care of Kathan and being a puppet for, you know, fill in the blank years of her life because comic characters don't age.
0: Well, that's the thing. It's a serial story, right? So like, Fans need to just get over certain details and just move on, and they say so can't most of the time. <laughs> well, well yeah, she—that's a big she, ask.
3: <laughs> she's like, "Oh, uh, okay. Well, I was crazy. Can I?" And they're like, "Nope." And she's like, "I uh, was an alcoholic. Nope." Like, no matter what they try to do, they're just like, "No, you're not getting away with it. We hate you forever."
0: <laughs> right. And then they even took took her mutandom away. Right. Like she wasn't even a mutant. Oh yeah. Because of the whole movie tie-in thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: it's interesting. I mean, I I feel like there's a lot of characters that have kind of gone through that that trial by fire and mm. and rehab period.
3: <laughs> but has anyone been through? I mean, that's extreme. To me, I can't think of another comic character who mm-hmm. who's so was sort of a main a mainstay in the Avengers and very sure. you never thought of her, even though yeah. she had all that things happened to her West Coast Avengers and all that before, but she never mm. went completely ape shit and killed all the Avengers, you know, or whatever. Right. So
5: to be, it, to be clear, to be clear, like, I think that I mean, you're going to get a, a deeper answer than you expected, but like having having worked on a lot of female characters, they face the same double standard that hmm. actual living women do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, no one bats an eye yeah. over the fact that Apocalypse or, or Magneto are in the quiet castle <laughs> right now, even though they've killed hundreds of thousands and in some cases maybe even billions of mutants and humans in the case of mm-hmm. Apocalypse over thousands of years. And yes. no one really bats an eye. You know, because in in Apocalypse's case, he had a reason,
2: mm-hmm. as you
5: found out. Sure. And by the yeah. way, I love that because I like a, a nasty antihero. But I'm just mm-hmm. saying. And in the same way, I and you know, no one really bats an eye that Magneto did drugs and killed half of New York City mm-hmm. in 2003 or whatever. Oh right, you right. know. Um, so I, I mean, I, I my answer is that I'm hopeful for an eventual wonder redemption, and I do mm-hmm. think it's harder, having been on the other side. It is definitely harder in in every sense for a female character because. And they, you know, they bizarrely do face the same weird assumptions. You know, when uh, if if you if you're writing a book with a female lead, and it gets canceled after eight issues, um, for example, uh, you know, it's like, oh, well, something is wrong with the core of this character. We have to fix everything wow. about her and change it all. But if Captain America gets canceled after twelve issues, no one thinks there's something core wrong with the core idea of Cap, right? Yeah. Uh, right. But that's why you see characters like Wonder Woman having a completely new supporting cast every six issues.
2: Yeah. yeah.
5: Uh, you know, so. It's really complicated. And then, and, and Drak and Swan are probably getting the serious answer they didn't want.
3: Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I do want it because I, I believe that that too is the answer. But also, mm. she started out a hero, whereas people like Apocalypse, you know, they were always villains. Mm. So I think it's a little easier to accept a villain becoming good. You know, they're like, yeah, we were re- redemption. I, I
5: guess a better example is people got over the what I consider a colossal hand wave that they did with Hal Jordan when he came back and he mm. killed. Mm-hmm. And, That's true. Yeah. You know, uh, and by the way, I, I like a bug made me do it. I listen. Uh, no comment, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But But uh, but I'm just well, saying, the, people yeah. pe- people get over it so that their that their fair-haired dad could come back. It's the Gene Grey uh, of it all,
1: right? I mean, like they had to go back in time to to rehabilitate. Oh, that's Jean right. She Grey. killed
0: billions, right?
1: <laughs> well, as, she always did Phoenix. that.
5: Well, but that was Dark Phoenix, you know. right, it wasn't easy, right, right. right, right. It wasn't me. This is like, what about the birds bigger than a bug?
0: What about Ben Riley? Uh, You know, he's going to be Spider-Man next week, uh, taking over the role. And there was a period there where he was cloning every villain Spider-Man ever fought (laughs) and like, just no uh, care for ethics or morality. It was, and now he's a hero again
5: what you're seeing is just like people make face turns in the marvel universe faster than in the fast and furious movie <laughs> like the, the inevitably the person who was trying to murder you sure where you oh, stand man. at the end of one issue or movie will be welcome to the barbecue in the next movie. sure um I'm not saying and... dom
1: toretto
0: shouldn't be added to the marvel universe <laughs> who's the vin diesel of the marvel universe i can't even think
5: Uh, I don't think anybody says family as much as Vin Diesel. Like, I mean... Reed Richards. Oh, The Thing. Yeah. Maybe maybe The Thing. Maybe The Thing. But, like, it's hard. I mean, the nerd answer is obviously Groot. But, like, it's... uh, It is... I, I mean, I... This is, we're not here to talk about Fast and Furious, but it, no. I, I do like that it's a whole barbecue <laughs> and found family-based franchise and yes. that is going to 11 movies. Like Right,
0: it's, right, right. It's a very successful run. Steve, I have to ask you, since you've been working with Drak and Swan for months on this, are you inclined to stick them in the background of a... Of one of your future Marvel comics?
5: I mean, not if I uh, don't want to challenge their lawyers. <laughs> that's uh, what I was thinking, yeah. I was wondering. <laughs>
3: hey, um, Elvira might... used to make appearances in some of those DC right. comics, so we can figure it out, Steve.
5: <laughs> well, you but but I'm working to, so that you might be able to see them in the credit section of a Marvel comic someday. Oh, that's great. So I think that oh, would be, be a lot better, yeah. you know? That'd be really exciting. And, but it won't be Doctor Druid. It'll be the one character that I will not allow. <laughs> Steve uh, has a I'll no like, Doctor Druid rule. No, that's sort of like yeah. working closely. I'll call them. I'll, I'll be Black like, Hulk. "You can come to Marvel with me, but unfortunately, it has to be the death of Doctor Druid." So, like,
3: <laughs> and then I'll write a comic about Scarlet Witch shooting Lockjaw between the eyes just to continue that she's banished forever. <laughs> and then thirty
0: years from now, like, people are trying to understand is, the continuity. <laughs> right.
5: This is not Cthulhu. This is not meant. Like, I am just evil, and I'm shooting this dog, Scarlet Witch.
1: Yeah. Yes. She looks right at the reader and says, I'm doing this on purpose. I did this.
3: Watch, then they like her. They forgive her. They're like, she's great. She's a badass now.
5: <laughs> Rehabilitation character. Now she's character. got kind of like a John Wick vibe. Oh my god. <laughs> Medusa Karnak is John Wick. Well, when I do that in a year, uh, yeah. I'm giving all of you nothing. But oh, on.
1: Fantastic. That's fine. It's all I expect. Um... <laughs> So as, as podcasters, I, I have to, you know, give a shout out to Creatures of the Night. Um, what draws you to that format? And do you have any favorite episodes you've done recently?
4: Well, thank you. It's so fun. Like when we started the podcast, I was like, oh, okay, basically like kind of like another responsibility a little bit. But it quickly became... Well, that's just the truth because we we do so much. Like we like to say yes, mm-hmm. you know? So if there's an yeah. opportunity, like we say yes. And I think that's why sometimes we feel as like just – drained of energy as we do but i think just before we started recording you know it's october 1st and and we're now getting ready to sort of reap all of the rewards and the fruits Mm -hmm. of the seeds that we've been planting for six months to a year and um i am tired but i'm also joyous that it's october and we're able to put all that energy um that we were able to put all that energy out and see these things to fruition but the podcast and creatures of the night quickly became like such a labor of love like now Mm -hmm. it's a joy like i look forward to recording it um and I think the initial idea was to say hey let's do a throwback with a lot of like background sound effects and make this one of those whatever 1930s and 40s radio Mm -hmm. shows where you had creepy like woo in the background and all these different segments and that's where that's where the inspiration really came from
1: yeah, I, I love that vibe. I I recently have I've started to because you can find a lot of those art on like the Internet Archive. You can find a lot of older radio shows and stuff mm. like that. So this time of year, I love to like throw those on and listen to like old creepy stories. And um, I've also been, you know, yeah, it's it's got a very like you know old timey vibe for the opening, and then you guys have all sorts of uh, you know creatives on uh, directors. You, you you talk about different people's craft.
3: It's really fun. We're going to do a comic issue soon and have Steve on, but uh, yeah, (laughs) we've been talking about it forever. (laughs) (laughs) I want to have enough time to like get it and make it really great, you know, like, Mm -hmm. because we love comics. We never get to talk about them. So it's like, uh, we just want to make sure it's like a really special episode.
5: It's been long enough now, though, that I could probably like go full Herzog and I'll just like (laughs) eat a copy of the heavy metal issue.
2: as
5: (laughs) (laughs) And now people are going to
1: want that i was just <laughs> telling dave about that that full documentary that's about werner herzog eating his shoe i just watched mm. that for the first time yeah that's time. right
5: so he's one of my watched. boys i have a i have a picture i have a, I have a shirt with him from the documentary on yeah. it and every time i get i but i don't wear it around boston so to go around it's like from an era where he looked a certain way and numerous <laughs> times i'm on the subway people are like yo that's a sweet uh, what the hell's his name the 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 uh, the drug lord his name's pablo oh it's a sweet pablo escobar, pablo escobar. Third, oh jeez. Like, it's not fucking like a weird bavarian guy eating a shoe not a fucking like okay um,
3: <laughs> that's excellent steve is canceled <laughs>
2: well,
0: well it's not, um, it, it, it sounds like you guys are really busy but yeah. are are there any comic books you're reading right now
3: Okay, my favorite comic book at the moment, outside of Steve's, of course, is uh, I'm really into Harrow mm-hmm. County, and I oh, sweet. And, yeah, it's, there's no new ones coming out that I know of right now, but it's like I like to kind of reread it around Halloween time. Um, I kind of grew up in the South, so I appreciate the sort of uh, you know um, farm horror of it all. You know, yeah,
4: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I can't oh, say that well, I'm Cullen is also a
5: southern gentleman. Let me just tell you all. On the yeah. topic of a hierarchical boundary. and 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 has pictures of his gun collection on his phone as if they were his children.
1: <laughs> um. we, we've had Cullen on the show before, and I, that adds up. For yeah, sure. it does. It does. And
3: this one got on a roll. I know. I literally like occasionally because I don't really, uh, you know, when we're out on social media, you know, as the Belay brothers, we don't usually mm-hmm. interact with too many people. But sometimes I'll like like or comment on on his stuff, and I'm sure he's like what the fuck are these, <laughs> you know, like, I'm sure that's literally no idea. And I'm like, you should pay me to support your comic.
4: <laughs> Don't look at me sideways. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> uh, what else are you guys reading right now?
4: Oh yeah. I read nothing. Like, honestly, I, I just haven't been able to read anything for yeah. probably the better part of like a year. Mm. And just the way, the way that the pandemic sort of ended and, and us, Building the fourth season of the show really sure. took took like a small piece of our soul. I feel like, and we give a little bit of that to every season, but we we really had to focus, um, to, to in order to make this happen for the Halloween season for the mm-hmm. fans to kind of have that and be able to celebrate that. So we pretty much just wake up and work until we go to bed, and like oh we close close all the windows and you know die for eight hours, and we get up and do it again. But like, I can't I can't yeah. even stress how. I'm how grateful I am that we get to do that because, yeah, you know, sure. all of those things are coming out and we're really proud of what we've created, but it's left me no time to like, you know, do anything of leisure. I'm playing no video games. I'm reading no comics, no books, like just uh-huh. barely, barely watching movies. I,
3: I am you. trying to, I have yeah. Steve's uh, Martian Manhunter run mm. that oh. I want to take on the plane to read <laughs> through Halloween. But now that I know the, uh the new stuff is out, I want to check that out too. the, the dark hold or. Yeah. It's yeah. Right yeah. That yeah. just started. Yeah. Yeah, I want I'm, to kind I of think, check that. I, I didn't think know it's we can out get
5: yet. you. I think we can get you some copies when I see you at the end of the month. I think I know someone, so I wouldn't <laughs> worry about that. Um, I can tell you, I don't have a lot of time to read for the same reasons that Boulet said, but I will tell you, I'm excited for what is next on my shelf because it. Uh, I've been going through. I just had to reread the Green Goblin lighter shade of excuse me lighter shade of green collection uh, mm. for to record for Marvel's pull list. And so I got, I've been in this weird, I want to reread everything from the nineties, even if it's potentially real rough like phase of my life. So the next two things up there are the, are Kaboom, a comic by, uh, from Rob Liefeld's awesome entertainment by Jeff Loeb and Jeff Matsuda. Oh, wow. uh, Who went on to design the, the Batman cartoon. and then also Ron Zimmerman and Duncan Figueroa's Ultimate Avengers, uh, starring Hawk, mm. Hawk Owl, and Woody. Uh, <laughs> right. Which, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that they are going to be a varying quality, but the nostalgia of uh, <laughs> the nostalgia of going back and reading this has been really pleasing for me. So that that's what's next. I can tell you that. And awesome. what was last is probably a spoiler. So uh, okay. we'll just focus on what's next.
0: Nice. Right on. Well, Steve, Drax, Juan, thank you so much for being on the APT Comics Podcast. Heavy Metal Magazine number 311, The Boulay Brothers Takeover, is out October 27th.
4: Thank Thank you you so much. It was really fun. Yes, Uh, thank 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 you.